Can we turn me down just a little bit? Just a little bit. I love preaching, and I love preaching at uh, where the places that God calls me to preach in, but I don't desire that other churches hear my voice from here this morning. I do want to explain something to the church today. God has begun to uh, place a more apostolic mantle upon me, which means that there will be times where he will call me out of the house to go to other houses and to set order and to, to teach and to preach. So um, uh, I love you all. I'm, I'm your pastor still. But sometimes when there isn't uh, someone available that God can use in a city, he will, call somebody, he will call someone else and will entrust those that uh, I'm responsible for to the care of his Holy Spirit. Notice I didn't say to the care of Pastor Jim or to the care of Elder Melissa. I said to the care of the Holy Spirit. I know you love me and you appreciate me, and I'm speaking by faith. You love me and you appreciate me and you, 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 you love the gifts that God has given me to, to speak your word. But I have to tell you a secret. It's not me. It's the Holy Spirit. So it doesn't matter who's up here speaking to you. Don't have favorites. The Holy Spirit must be your favorite. Because here's the danger of favorites. If I fall... If I begin to distance myself from the truth of the gospel and I'm your favorite, you will go with me. That's why the Holy Spirit must be your favorite teacher, your favorite speaker, your favorite pastor, so that when he speaks, it's always truth, okay? So that's the reason. So, so it's just like this. When a class, when you, when you used to go to school and you saw a substitute teacher walk in the room, something rose up in you and it wasn't good. It was like, oh boy, here we go. We're going to get them. They don't, they don't know all the rules. They don't know about us. But here's, here's my prayer for you all. And, and, and I've got to guard your hearts, okay? The reason I don't tell you when I'm going to be gone is to guard your hearts. Because if I announced that I was not going to be here, instantly the enemy would fill your heart with thoughts of, well, I'm just going to stay home then. If I don't guard your heart and you know that I'm not going to be here, do you know how much pressure that is on the other speaker? Because you're thinking to yourself, if we don't guard your heart, oh man, this isn't Pastor Damien. And I'm not going to receive a good word today. That's a lie from the pit of hell. Don't place me above the Holy Spirit. It's only the Holy Spirit that can illuminate this truth and illuminate the word. So I want you to respect anybody that, that stands in this pulpit to give you the word of God and trust that the Holy Spirit is going to speak to you on that day. Can I get a hearty amen? amen. All right. Praise God. I feel like clapping for you guys. Good job. <laughs> praise the Lord. All right. So can you say radical joy? radical joy? How many need more joy in their lives today? Let's just keep it real. Oh my goodness, there's so many reasons not to have joy today if we look at what's going on around us. I'm going to say that again and maybe you'll catch the heart of the message. There are so many reasons not to have joy today if we look at what's going on around us. If you look at what's going on around you in this world, it will take your joy away. Because your joy is not in the things of this world. Your joy is supernatural. Say this with me. My joy, My joy 
is supernatural. We better have a supernatural joy. And I think the reason so many of us have been heavy and have been had like depression and anxiety and all of those things is because we've been looking out there for the things to make us happy for the things that give us joy, all right? Uh, it's, I think it was, it's about three years ago, me and my wife moved into a new home, okay? And that made me happy. And my father, before he passed away, I, I was able to see, uh, allow him to see the house online and kind of go through the rooms and look at it. And what he said to me at the end when he was done, he said, I like your house. It wasn't even my house yet. But he spoke by faith and said, I like your house. So that house has made us happy. But guess what? And I think I can speak for my wife as well. A house don't always make you happy. Because when we got in that house, she said, you know what? I got to clean this house. And then bills start coming to the house. And then things break down in the house. And it's not always good in the house. So happiness cannot come from the house. It cannot come from physical things because natural things change. But joy, brothers and sisters, remains. So we want to talk about joy this morning. So glad to see everyone here this morning. God bless all of our visitors. Uh, thank you for being here, and I trust that you received something today. Can we bow our heads as we, um, I'm sorry, stand to your feet for just one moment. Stand to your feet for one moment. I want to read this passage of Scripture to you, and then we're going to pray, and then the Holy Spirit is going to release into us joy because we're going to receive truth about what joy truly is. All right? We're, I'm going to read to you Nehemiah, some Scriptures from Nehemiah. So what happened was the law had been away for a while, and they found the book of the law, and they assembled all the people, and then they began to read the scriptures to the people, okay? And it says this in Nehemiah chapter 8, verses 1 through 3. All the people assembled with a unified purpose at the square just inside the water gate. They asked Ezra the scribe to bring out the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had given for Israel to obey. So on October 8th, Ezra the priest brought the book of the law before the assembly, which included the men and women and all the children old enough to understand. He faced the square just inside the water gate from early morning until noon and read aloud to everyone who could understand. All the people listened closely to the book of the law. Ezra stood on the platform, like I'm standing right now, in full view of all the people. When they saw him open the book, they all rose to their feet, just as you have. Then Ezra praised the Lord, the great God, and all the people chanted, Amen, Amen, as they lifted their hands. Then they bowed down and worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. They read from the book of the law, and God clearly explained the meaning of what was being read, helping the people understand each passage. Then Nehemiah the governor, Ezra the priest and the scribe, and the Levites who were interpreting for the people said to them, Don't mourn or weep on such a day as this. For today is a sacred day before the Lord your God. For the people had all been weeping as they listened to the words of the law. 
So I thought to myself, why would they be weeping as they listen to God's laws? And I believe it was because of the heaviness of the law. And they began to think to themselves, how can we ever obey all these commands? And first they had joy because they found the law and it was being presented to them. But as they began to preach and teach, the people began to cry and to weep and to mourn. Verse 10 says this, and Nehemiah continued, go and celebrate with the feast of rich foods and sweet drinks and share the gifts of food with people who have nothing prepared. This is a sacred day before our Lord. Say this with me. This is a sacred day before our Lord. All right. Don't be dejected and sad, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Let's tie this together. They heard the law, happy at first, but then as they begin to understand the law, I believe that it rose up in their spirits just how impossible it was to keep the law. So they begin to mourn and say, oh my goodness, if salvation and righteousness comes from obeying all these commandments, how can we do it? We don't have the strength to do this. We are mere humans with sinful flesh. But then Nehemiah reminded them, don't weep. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. So it's going to be God who gives you the strength to obey his commandments, and that's a cause for great joy. Salvation comes from the Lord, and he will be the one that empowers you to obey his commands. So listen, let's go eat. Let's, be, uh, thank, let's have thanksgiving. Let's have joy, because on this day we have understood that the joy of the Lord is our strength. Let's bow our heads. Father, at the end of that verse or that passage, it says that they begin to celebrate with great joy because they had heard God's words and understood them. So that's my prayer for this assembly this morning and those watching online, that as your Holy Spirit ministers in this place today about radical joy, that we would not only hear these words, but understand them. Because where there is understanding, we can stand. Where there is understanding, our faith can remain even when fear and anxiety surround us like a flood, we understand that you will lift us up and you will set us on a high rock and we will worship you and praise you with great joy because we will have seen that the joy of the Lord is our strength. We will have seen that joy comes from God alone, that even in the midst of negative circumstances, joy can remain. And we praise you for this in Jesus' name. I thank you for your anointing being upon me and upon your hearers as well. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may joyfully be seated. Can you say this with me? I have radical joy. I'm going to give those that didn't say it a chance to catch it. Say this again. I have possess contain radical, out-of-this-world, supernatural joy from the Lord, which is my strength. Somebody say hallelujah about that. Mm. So here's what that means. I'm not looking to be happy all the time, but I am looking to be joyful all the time. And I want you to understand the difference. 
happy is an emotion. In order for you to be happy, natural circumstances around you have to be lined up and you can say, oh, that makes me, that makes me, that makes me happy. That thing that I see that's going on, that makes me happy. But that thing can move. That thing can change. That thing can walk away. That thing can break. That thing can be repossessed. That thing can be foreclosed on. So I don't need my happiness to come from things. I need joy that is a constant supply, that is supernatural, that is unchanging, that comes from the Lord. Radical joy. I tell you what, if we get infected, if the church gets infected with radical joy, I guarantee you the balcony will fill up. Because people will want to know, how are you walking around with so much joy and they're talking about vaccines and mandates and Afghanistan and 9-11, just all these things, all these assaults on us, all the time, all these things assaulting us. How do you still have joy? Because my joy is out of this world. My joy has nothing to do with anything that's going on around me. My joy has a source, and that source is the Lord. As long as the Lord is lifted up high, as long as the Lord is still God, as long as the Lord remains on the right hand of the Father, my joy doesn't go anywhere. If heaven changes, then I'll change. But I don't see heaven changing at all. My, my father used to tell my mother all the time, Because the job of a husband is to shield the family from the things that are going on. So a father may be going through a lot of strife and have a lot of things going on in his life, but it will not reach the family. And what my father used to tell my mother was this, Cheryl, I can't call her Cheryl, but he did. That was mom to me. Cheryl, when you see me worried, then you can worry. So I take that to the supernatural church. Listen to this. When you see Jesus worry, then you can worry. When you see Jesus afraid, then you be afraid. When you see Jesus sad, then you be sad. But my Bible says that the joy of the Lord is my strength. So how do we see Jesus? We see Jesus joyful. So when I look at Jesus and I see him joyful, that gives me strength. When I'm going through a situation and things around me are falling apart and I look at the things, I'm going to sink. Because if I'm looking at the things, I'm using my natural mind. And I'm looking for natural happiness and natural joy. But when I look into Jesus, the author and the finisher of my faith, my joy can be restored. So the question that we must ask ourselves this morning, if our joy is not radical, it is, where are you looking? Looking at Fox all day? Duh, you have no joy. Looking at CNN all day? Duh, you have no joy. Listening to people gossip and complain all day, duh, you have no joy. Our joy is super 
Hallelujah. It is supernatural. It is above the, 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 the problems of this world. You see, the Bible says that Satan is the, the God of this world and, and, you know, the spirit of, of the air. But you know what? If you've ever been on an airplane before, you fly above the clouds. So everything that's happening on the ground, the environment that's down, can you say environment? Joy is an environment. Joy is a place that you can go and a place that you can reside. Amen. We'll be here all day if I don't start the message. Let's get in the word. Let's get in the word. He must be giving me that joy right now. Lord, I receive it. Just raise your hand and say, Lord, I receive your joy. Thank you, Jesus. So here's, here's what I wanted you to know but I got excited. Radical joy doesn't require a life that is empty of problems, but rather full of the Lord's presence. It's a supernatural position and condition of the heart producing gladness in those that trust in him, resulting in a life with the constant expectation of seeing the Lord's goodness. This is the definition of joy that the Holy Spirit gave me at my desk this morning. Radical joy. And I'm going to say it again. Just close your eyes as I say this. Holy Spirit, as I read this, I pray that the seeds of revelation will be deposited into their spiritual being, their spiritual mind. I pray that this would bring spiritual life to them. I pray in the name of Jesus that this would disconnect the emotion of happiness from the spirit of joy that comes from the fruit of the spirit. Lord, let, may there be a great separation of our need to be happy on this earth, but have joy instead at all times in the spirit in Jesus name as I read these words may they receive them with gladness it says this radical joy listen to this radical joy doesn't require a life that is empty of problems but rather full of the Lord's presence so it's not about problems not being there it's about the Lord being there let's keep going it's a supernatural position and condition of the heart. So it's all about where your heart is. If you put your heart on things below, then your joy will sink. But if you set your affections on things above, then your joy will remain. It's a supernatural position and condition of the heart producing gladness in those that trust in him. Joy produces gladness in those that trust in him, resulting in a life with the constant expectation of seeing the Lord's goodness. Open your eyes and say this, please. I have, I have. a constant expectation. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Y'all not hype enough for me. Let's start over and, 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 and turn it up 15. You're on about a two. I need you to turn up, turn it up to the about. And I'm not talking about the volume of your voice, but the volume of your spirit. All right. Receive this with gladness. Say this with me. I have, I have a constant expectation, a constant expectation 
of seeing the Lord's goodness every day of my life. Oh, my goodness. We're going to say it again. Hallelujah. That's joy. Say it again. I have a constant expectation of seeing the Lord's goodness every day of my life. Let's praise God for that. Every day, every day, every day, every day. That's what makes it radical because it's repetitive. It's because the, even though the conditions of my life changes, my expectations don't change. So even when the, num- the blood test says that, you know, the, ke- the cholesterol is going up or, or, or this or that is happening around me, that's okay. Why? Because I have a constant expectation to see the Lord's goodness. So even though the report may be bad I, from man, I choose to believe the report report of the Lord. I choose to believe that I will see the goodness of the Lord at all times. And if that is true, then complaints won't be in your mouth. If that is true, grumbling and moaning and complaining won't be in your mouth. Instead, you'll be able to say, like David said, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praises shall continually be in my mouth. Why? Because I have a constant expectation to see the Lord's goodness every day of my life radical joy and you got to take it high don't put your joy on the ground the devil will walk all over it keep your joy high and lift it up keep your joy in God because many things will happen in this world to try to take your eyes off Jesus looking at Jesus I have joy looking at my problems I'm defeated look to Jesus I have joy look at issues I'm defeated The issues, the only way that issues give you happiness is when the issues are in your favor. But the issues won't always be in your favor, but the Lord will always be in your favor. Because he favors you and he loves you and his goodness to you is constant. All right, let's go on now to Psalms 23 verses 4 and five. We're going to talk now about a revelation of joy. So as you can see, if you want to look up here for a moment, there's four signs on the wall that say uh, revelation, empowerment, strategy, and triumph. And the first letter in each word spells rest. So this is how our soul finds rest because we trust in the Lord. The revelation of his word The empowerment that once we hear his word, we will by faith receive it and we'll be endued with power. The strategy, he will teach us how through the word to have a strategy for the last word, triumph, victory. So the more you live your life in association with the scripture, the more rest the more peace, the more joy you will have. Because the word of God says that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So if we're going to talk about joy, I'm going to take you through the rest of joy, the revelation, the empowerment, the strategy, and the triumph of joy. Here we go. What is the revelation of joy? 
And the Holy Spirit spoke this this morning. The revelation of joy is this. Radical joy doesn't require a life that is empty of problems, but rather full of the Lord's presence. Let's go to Psalms chapter 23, verses 4 and 5. So now we're going to build on that revelation. By the end, by the time we dismiss, you're going to have a joy that is so secure that the devil, the gates of hell, cannot prevail against it. Because we're going to build your joy with the word of God. Only the word of God is unfailing. Okay? Let's go. Psalms 23, verses 4 through 5. We're getting a revelation of joy. We're trying to establish this fact. That radical joy doesn't require a life that is empty of problems, but rather full of the Lord's presence. Meaning this, I can still have problems all around me, but as long as the Lord is with me, I still have joy. That's the radical revelation of joy. We're in Psalms 23, verses 4 through 5, and listen to what David said. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. In this age, brothers and sisters, there's many shadows of death being cast upon us right now. We got the COVID shadow on us. And then they say there, we got the Delta uh, shadow on us. And then they got a, a new one. I don't even, I'm not, I'm not going to tear it up. It's some goo, woo, moo, something out there, the new variant, all right, trying to cast its shadow on us. We've got economic collapse trying to cast its shadow on us. We've got racism and hatred and bigotry and anger casting its shadow on us. So David said, yea, though I walk, I'm walking. Are you walking? Not sitting, not laying down, not crying, not giving up. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Say this with me. I will... Fear no evil. Sometimes you got to preach to yourself. David knew how to encourage himself in the Lord. So he's talking to himself. He said, listen, self, I will fear no evil. So why, David? Why aren't you afraid? There are many enemies trying, there were many enemies at this time trying to kill David. So David, why are you not afraid as you walk through the valley of the shadow of death? He says this, my problems are present. And death is so close to me that its shadow is touching me as I walk, but I still will fear no evil for just one reason, for you are with me. This is the source of our radical joy. So although problems are all around us, we fear no evil. Why? For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare, I like this part, especially if you like to eat, you really like this part. You prepare a table before me when my enemies leave. Is that what it says? So remember, the revelation of radical joy is that it does not mean that the, your problems are absent it means that the joy is, I'm sorry, that the Lord is present, okay? I need you to get this through your head. Get it in your spirit. Radical joy does not mean all your problems are gone. It just means that the Lord is here with you. 
Right? And he is the source of our joy. And he says this, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. So here I am in the shadow of death, but still I'm eating good and still I'm living good and still you keep me and you carry me and still my hope is here and with me. Still I have not fainted. Still I have obtained your mercy even while they're all around me. And the thing about it is even though they are full of hatred and these problems want to take us down, they have to watch us eat. What are we eating? We're eating the Lord's goodness. We're eating the Lord's favor, his protection, and his mercy. Amen? Let's go on now to Psalms 21, verses 6 through 7. We're still getting that revelation of joy, meaning it doesn't mean that our problems are absent. It just means that the, that the Lord is present. Verse 6. You have endowed him with eternal blessings and given him the joy of your presence. Say this with me. Lord, give me the joy of your presence. So listen, 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 listen. If you know anything about the presence of the Lord, you know that there's joy there. There is no... Now listen, listen, listen. There may be some crying. There may be some weeping in the presence of the Lord. Because when he finds you, sometimes you're brokenhearted. When he comes near you, sometimes you are despondent. But we have this promise. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. You might have some rough nights. And listen to me. Night can be longer than eight hours. Light can, night can be a season. You can have a season of night. You can have a season of what seems like darkness and hopelessness and despair. And the Lord says weeping may endure through the night. But can you say but joy? But joy comes in the morning. Think about morning. What does the morning bring? The morning brings light. The morning brings fresh chances, new glories. The morning brings uh, the, the hoo, hoo, hoo. The scariness of an owl gives way to the... I know that was horrible impressions. I don't know what kind of bird that was. You won't find it on Google. You won't find it in an encyclopedia. But anyway, the morning brings the songs of the birds. And if the birds praise God, how much more should we praise God, the one that died on the cross to save us from our sins, has given us a brand new day. And although I might have cried last night, the new day brings to me 
joy. Why? Because although I felt like my life was over, the Lord has allowed me to see the light of a new day and say, you know what? I'm still here, and my goodness is still here, and my life is still here, and my mercy is still here as well. Verse 7, for the king's trust in the Lord, the unfailing love of the Most High will keep him from stumbling. So we have to, so there is no joy, say this with me, there is no joy without trust in the Lord. Remember that. If your life is absent of joy, it's also absent of trust. If you're going to have joy, you must have trust as well, okay? Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. We are called to walk by faith and not by sight. I wonder why. Because what you see can bring you down. But what you believe keeps you up. That was good, and it wasn't me. We walk by faith and not by sight. Why? Because what you see can bring you down. But what you believe, what you believe about the Lord will keep you up. Amen? Amen. So the darkest hour of my life happened about 11 years ago or so when I was in St. Rita's Hospital and they told me that my kidneys had failed. I had just got done weeping and crying. My wife was pregnant with Drayden. I didn't know if I'd ever see my son again. I didn't know how long I had to live. They hooked me up to a dialysis machine for four hours. A machine took all the blood out of my body and cleaned it because my kidneys could no longer do it. I broke down and I wept and I cried. I said, God, what did I do? Is this punishment for something? I've tried to be a good husband, a good police officer. I've tried to be a good servant. Why are you punishing me this way? It was a very, very dark hour. And then they rolled me back to my hospital room, and the Lord was silent for a day and a half. And then the Lord spoke to me, and he said this. My grace is sufficient for you. And that changed everything in that moment. Because he reminded me of who he was, and he reminded me of what I was to believe. He didn't take away the fact that my kidneys were dead. He didn't take away the fact that uh, I would still need dialysis. He didn't take away the fact that I was still dying. He didn't take away the fact that I needed a kidney transplant. But what he gave me in that moment was this. I am with you. I am the great I am. Remember? I am. I am with you. And in that moment, I received strength. Okay? We're talking about the presence of the Lord. Psalms 16. Uh, I'm sorry. First Chronicles 16, 26 through 28 says this. The gods of other nations were mere idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Honor and majesty surround him. Strength and joy fill his dwelling. O nations of the world, recognize the Lord. Recognize that the Lord is glorious and strong. There's two more passages. Um, 
here, but I'm not going to get to them now, but you can study them. If you have the app, you can have uh, access to all my notes, okay? Get the app. And if you don't have the app, Dawn, if you can raise your hand high, see this sister after church. She will get you the app on your phone, and you'll be able to read all these notes, okay? But I think we got a good foundation of what Revelation is, all right? So now we're going to move on to the empowerment phase of joy, okay? So here's what the power of joy is. It's a supernatural position and condition of the heart. The source of joy is God, and he is a spirit. Therefore, joy is spiritual. Say this with me. Joy Joy. is spiritual. spiritual. One more time. Joy Joy. is spiritual. spiritual. Okay, listen. Always remember this. God is a spirit, right? God is a spirit. And if joy comes from God, then that means joy is also spiritual. Joy is not natural. There is nothing on the face of this earth that can give you joy if you can see it. Joy is spiritual. God is a spirit, so that means that joy is spiritual. So I thank God that joy is spiritual. That way that none of you can take my joy because you can't see it. Problems can't have my joy because they can't touch them. Lack can't take my joy because lack can't find it. Because joy is spiritual. It is invisible in this realm. It comes from God. Amen? God is a spirit, and so therefore the uh, joy is spiritual. Here's another thing about the power of joy. Joy isn't a feeling. It's a fact. So you don't feel joyful with your human emotions, okay? Because joy is spiritual. It's a fact. That's why a a, a husband can lose a spouse or a mother can lose a child and still have joy. Oh, you lost me there, Pastor. What in the world are you talking about? How is there joy in the passing of someone? If that person that passed away knew Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, then the truth is that they are forever with God where we want to be. So while there is some sorrow associated with the loss of a person, the Bible says that it's a blessing that when the righteous go on to be with God. And so you better learn how to disconnect your emotions from from your spiritual self. You can't rely on natural things to to, to give you joy. This is good. To give you joy or to take your joy. Job said, although the Lord slay me, yet will I trust him. So even though there's things going on around me that could potentially bring me down and steal my joy, I understand and we're learning today that joy is a supernatural position and condition of the heart. So to have joy, you must position yourself for it. So a problem comes along, you can either position yourself in the problem and you'll receive everything the problem brings, anxiety, worry, confusion, or you can position yourself in joy. To position yourself in joy means, Lord, I'm going to remain trusting you. 
I'm going to trust you in the midst of the circumstance. And remember this, joy is not a feeling. So I could be weeping and crying about a situation and still be in joy. Because joy is not a feeling, it's just a reality. Joy comes from his presence. So I can come into his presence, although I might be sad at the beginning, he's going to fill my heart with gladness and thanksgiving eventually. Let's keep moving here. Joy is also a condition of the heart. So we have to condition our hearts to be joyful. Galatians chapter 5 verses 22 through 25, okay? The first truth that we learned about the power of joy is that it's spiritual. Say, it's spiritual. spiritual. 5.22 through 25. But the fruit of the Spirit, but the fruit of the Spirit is love. Somebody say joy. Joy. Peace, Long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, against such there is no law. And those, and this is how you keep that joy, this is how you keep that fruit, and those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. So here, church, listen, joy is a condition of the new being. So once you've been born again, that's the package deal that comes with joy. See, none of you would buy a car without the engine. No matter how pretty the car was, you say, hey, I bought the car. I want the engine too, all right? I want everything that comes with the car, right? So listen, I'm trying to unpack something that's under your hood if you've been born again. If you've been born again, the Spirit of God lives in you, and as a source, he's going to produce within you joy. Joy is spiritual. Say it's spiritual. The moment you forget joy is spiritual is the moment you get depressed. The moment you forget joy is spiritual, that's when the enemy brings situations into your life because he knows that you'll let go of your joy. As soon as you got a problem, you let go of your joy. You better remember that joy is spiritual. Let's, go to, let's talk more about the power of joy. Romans 15, 13. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace. Why? Because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. So listen, in this moment, I am trying to teach you about the empowerment of joy. We already got the revelation of joy, the R. Now we're in the E. What is the empowerment of joy? Where does joy come from? What is the source of joy? Romans 15, 13 says that I pray that God, the source of hope. Say this with me. God is my source, my only source of hope. Oh, my goodness. That's the greatest antidepressant I ever heard of. That God is my only source of hope. My hope doesn't come from how the stock market's doing. My hope doesn't come from uh, if the gas bill or the electric bill is going to be low enough for me to pay. My hope doesn't come from anywhere but a supernatural place and a supernatural source, and his name is God. 
I pray that God, this is Paul praying, the source of hope will do what? Fill you completely with, all right? I don't want ankle joy. I don't want up-to-the-knee joy. I don't want up-to-the-waist joy. I want to be filled completely with joy. Anybody else want complete joy? Are you good? See, see. Some of you are just satisfied with partial payments of joy. I don't, I don't want partial joy. If, if, you, if, if the Allen County Sheriff, Sheriff's Office owes me 80 hours worth of pay, I don't want eight. I have an expectation of 80. And what Paul is trying to tell the believer is this, that God is just God alone. This loving and compassionate and giving God is the source of your hope. And he has the ability to fill you completely with joy. Do you have a new expectation this morning? Are you learning that God can fill you completely with joy? Listen, I want you to be so joyous, I want people to call you weird. You are just happy weird. Why are you so happy? Baby, I'm not happy. I'm just filled with joy. Well, what happened to you? Did you get a new car? Nope. Did they pay your house off? Nope. Well, how did you get this joy? Because God, the source of my hope, has filled me completely with joy. Somebody say hallelujah. Listen, not women, not drugs. Not alcohol, nothing on this earth can fill you completely with joy. Only God, who is the source of our hope. But not only does he fill us with joy, but it says, and peace. Because, okay, so because means as a result of. So you are enabled to Receive a complete feeling of joy and peace if you do this one thing. Who wants to know what it is? Is it on the screen behind me anyway? Can you just cheat and look at it? That's okay. Here's what you must do. These things come to you because you trust in him. Trust is the payment for joy. Do you hear what I'm saying? If you want radical joy, you have to purchase it with radical trust. The amount of joy you have in your life is directly associated with the amount of trust you have. So if you have a little trust that he will see you through the situation, you'll have a little joy. But if you have great trust that you serve a mighty God and he is well able to do all things and nothing shall be impossible for him, then see how far I came from little trust way over here to great joy? Because as my trust increased, my joy increased. So when you see somebody with little joy, they have little trust. Where does little trust come from? Little faith. If you have no faith, you have no trust. 
If you have no trust, you have no joy. All right? Amen. All right, let's keep this going. Uh, we're going to skip that. Uh, oh, there's more in that same passage. Okay? Because you trust in him. Can you say then? then. Man, this is the process. I, I just hope you write. Everyone, if you, if you have the ability to write something down or put it in your phone, can you do this quickly? Romans 15, 13. I'll give everybody permission to pull out your phone or, or write on something. Romans 15, 13. This is a huge passage as it relates to us experiencing radical joy. Romans 15, 13. Even if you want to take a picture of the screen, you can do that as well. Romans 15, 13, all right? Let's run through this one more time. I pray that God, who is a spirit, therefore joy is spiritual, the source of hope, so nothing natural, nothing of this earth, but in the heavens alone is God, the source of our hope. What can he do? He can fill us completely with joy and peace. Why? Because you trust in him. What will happen after that? Then you will overflow. Why are we overflowing? Because he filled us completely with joy and peace. Then you will overflow. Overflow with what? Confident hope. How? Through the power of the Holy Spirit. We thank God for the Holy Spirit who connects us at all times to the joy of the Lord. So then, what is our strategy of joy? And we're going to go to James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. We're only going to hit one scripture, okay? Uh, one passage, rather. And then we're going to go on to triumph. So I'm asking you, please, to read this message online. And if you don't have the app, please get the app. And if you don't have a smartphone, see Dawn, and we will find some kind of way to get these verses to you, okay? So you shouldn't be punished for not having a smartphone. You should still be able to get this, okay? So what is the strategy of joy then? Because remember this, joy produces gladness in those that trust in him. So we're going to go to James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. And to be honest, there was a point in my life where I read this scripture and it really made no sense to me. I could not make the connection, okay, because the connection was spiritual. If there's things you don't understand about the Bible, you must always remember that it's a spiritual book. It's not a natural book. So you can't just open it up like a magazine and read and understand it. You've got to pray every time you open up the book that the Holy Spirit will give you wisdom and knowledge and understanding, that he would enlighten you so that you would understand God's word. So I, I didn't really understand this for the longest time. Listen to what this says. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. How many will be honest in this place? And the first few times you read that, you thought to yourself, whoa, like, I don't get this. I don't understand this. How can this be? Can I see some hands? Because I feel very lonely. Okay, so it wasn't just me. All right. When troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. My whole life, I had been conditioned to think that joy meant 
no problems. I'm only going to be happy when I have no problems. But remember, this is a spiritual book. And God is a spirit. And joy is spiritual. So he's not talking about natural things. We're talking about spiritual things. And the command is, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Why will there be great joy there? Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why will there be great joy there? He, 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 he sets a table before me in the presence of my enemies. All right? We have to understand that trouble brings with it an opportunity. Let's get this revelation. Say this with me. Trouble is an opportunity. I know it's not the opportunity that we want knocking, okay? But we still have to learn that the Bible says that trouble is an opportunity. An opportunity for what? Great joy. Why? For you know that when your faith is tested, pause. So what is this trouble then? This trouble is an opportunity, okay? So what is it an opportunity for? What is it coming to do? It is coming to test my faith. Say this with me. Trouble comes to test my faith. Trouble comes to test my faith. And, and the writer is saying we should have great joy at this. That trouble has come to test our faith. Remember when trouble came to test Job? What did he get at the end of the trouble? Double for his trouble. Now do you want to celebrate? Now do you want to praise God? If, if you can get double for your trouble, wouldn't that be a reason for great joy? Lord, open up their eyes that they might see trouble for what it is. An opportunity to exercise your faith because at the end of your faith, there is a reward. So trouble, so actually, <laughs> all trouble is, is a reward dressed up as trouble. It's spiritual. Trouble is just a reward that's dressed up as trouble, but the only way to uncover it is to understand that it's just a testing of my faith. So I must remain in faith at this opportunity that I'm going through for trouble. Verse 3, for you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. So trouble brings us a reward. Why? Because trouble just challenges our faith. And what does that do? It gives us endurance. Endurance through every trial to see the end of it. The end of the trial is victory in Jesus Christ because we are not losers. We are not losers. We are winners in God. He causes us always to triumph in him. So trouble is really just a trophy. Will you see your trouble as a trophy? Only through the eyes of faith is that possible. All right, we're going to skip all the way down to the, the result 
of joy, the triumph of joy, which is this. Joy is the result of a life with a constant expectation of seeing the Lord's goodness. Again, this is the conclusion. This is where God has tried to build us up to this moment so that we might receive this revelation. Joy is the result of a life with the constant expectation of seeing the Lord's goodness. So what is constant expectation? It's trust. I'm constantly trusting and I'm constantly in faith to see the Lord's goodness. Psalms 27, 13 through 14 say this, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. So if you want your heart to fill up with gladness and joy again, you have to plug into the source of hope, which is God. And as David said, I would have lost heart unless I had faith. I would have lost heart unless I trusted that I would see the goodness of the Lord when I die and go to heaven. That's not what it says, but yes, that's true. But that's not what it says. It says that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, right? David continues, wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. How do we wait? Joyfully. Because I am in expectation to see the Lord's goodness in my situation. Amen? Amen. Let's stand to our feet joyfully. 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 If you're going to be joyful, that means that you are full of joy. If your car ran out of gas, you know where to go, the filling station, so that you can get some more gas, so that you can keep going. Today we learn that if our lives run out of joy, more money doesn't bring it, more stuff doesn't bring it, the absence of problems doesn't bring it. The only way to be filled with joy, because it's spiritual, is to go to its source, which is God. And he's a spirit. And he is our God, the source of our hope, who is able to fill us and even to an overflowing state with joy and peace. Say this with me, church. My joy is not of this world. God is the source of my joy. When I trust him, I have joy. When I doubt him, I do not. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that our faith I'm not going to call, I'm not going to ask our faith to increase because your Bible says that even if we have the faith the size of a grain of mustard seed, we can move a mountain. So we don't need more faith. We just need a living faith. We need a faith that is alive because where faith is alive, trust is there. And if trust is there, joy is there.
So we don't need more faith. We just need CPR done on the faith that we have. What can bring our faith back to life? Our faith will come back to life once we unplug it from the world. Unplug it from the news, from gossip, from trouble, from discouragement, from worry, from strife, from stress, from our disabilities, from our weaknesses. Our faith has no business being plugged into anything in this world. Because our confidence is not in flesh. Our confidence is not in man. Our confidence is in the living God who shall supply all of our needs according to his riches and glories in Christ Jesus. So for joy to be radical, our trust must be radical. And for our trust to be radical, our faith must be radical. So where do we get radical faith from? Faith comes from hearing the word of God. So Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask that you, since you are here already, Holy Spirit, I ask that since the word of God has been preached in this place, that faith would be deposited into every believer, a supernatural and radical faith. A radical faith that produces a radical trust and a radical trust which has attached to it a radical joy. I am radically joyful. I am joyful. Come on, let joy begin to come into this place. Begin to praise God joyfully. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Can I get a hallelujah from somewhere? How about a glory to God? Come on, praise the Lord. Listen to this. Listen to this. As you praise him, that's the filling station for your joy. How do I know this? The Bible says that he inhabits the praises of his people. So when you praise him, it creates a space for him to dwell. And with him comes peace and joy to fill your heart with. And the problem that the devil has, uh, has put upon us is this. But I don't feel like praising God. I don't feel, I don't have a reason. I've got these problems. If God fixes this, then I'll praise God. That's backwards, my friends. You praise God before the walls fall down. You praise God with your mouth and you say, Lord, I trust you. See, Pastor Jim, we sang the song. We said, I will raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemies. Why? Because it is the Lord God Almighty that fights my battles. 
all I have to do is be still and see the salvation of the Lord. My trust is that God is not a, a, a wee lamb anymore, but he is the lion of Judah. He is the Judah lion. And then when I praise this lion of Judah, he shows up mightily and he comes with warfare. See, it's spiritual warfare sometimes. You've got to go through to have joy. Sometimes you got to fight the good fight of faith in order to obtain your joy. So let nothing seal your lips. See, when we got problems, it seems like we get quiet. When you buy a house, you'll come in this place and you'll dance all over and praise the Lord because, oh, I just had a baby and I just got a car and all these things because God showed you his goodness. And yes, those are reasons to celebrate God, but still, things are not the source of joy. God is the source of joy. So as long as I have God, I have joy. Amen? Father, I ask an impartation of this truth be given to your people today because I can just about guarantee in a crowd this size, trouble may come our way even today. But that's just an occasion to have great joy. Because we learned that trouble is just a trophy dressed up as a problem. It is just a testing of our faith. And the end of our faith is a reward because we have put our trust in you. So today we rejoice for our problems. I know, I know this is risky. Maybe you've never done this before. But by faith, can you just give God praise for problems? Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. And I'm not even talking about new problems. We can praise God because we got problems already. You probably got a problem in your pocket. So what we're going to do is praise God for the problems that we have because we understand that it's just a trying of our faith and we expect to see the goodness of God. Hallelujah! Oh, Hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus. It may be trouble now, but our expectation is this, that we would see the goodness of God in that situation. We expect to see the goodness of God because our joy is so radical that problems can't move it. And for this we say thank you in Jesus' name.